What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. It's been a minute since we were here, and I can't think of a better way to make a return to the show than with my great friend and sister, Miss Naya Rappaport. And for those who don't already know, Naya is much more than a world-renowned yogi. Naya is a spiritual guide and really one of the most intentional humans that I've ever known. And I think your greatest gift, Naya, as you sit across from me, is your ability to really hold space and create a container that people feel safe expressing themselves and showing up in the most authentic way possible. And I experienced that firsthand on your retreat in Mexico four or five months ago. Yes. Our chakra workshop retreat in Mexico. Exactly. So that was the intro. It's been a while since you were here last. I think... um, I was talking about chicken nuggets last time. I remember that conversation. (laughs) And I want to start off actually because something big happened since our last conversation on the pod. Yes. Um, This thing called COVID. Mm -hmm. So... The world kind of changed the last two years. Kind of. Massively changed. And I'm curious to know maybe if you would be open to sharing one of the biggest lessons that the pandemic taught you and uh, maybe a breakthrough that you experienced. Wow. Well, first and foremost, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me back. It is a pleasure to be here. You are always so incredible. And like you mentioned that I hold space and I make people feel comfortable. I'm sharing things, same, same. So thank you very much for having me once again. And regarding the question on my takeaway from COVID, it was absolutely horrific. All the deaths and lives that were lost, truly like very sad. Very heavy. I have like a physical reaction from that right now. But my takeaway is that, again, I go back to my yoga, remembering that everything is temporary. And that's one of the yoga practices, what yoga teaches us or reminds us. We know this and we experience uh, we experience loss and grief and changes because that's the only constant in life is change. So this massive global change for everyone to go through it together, that was like a whole different deal. But my takeaway is to just remember this too shall pass this hard time, even though COVID felt like it was forever. And um, I'm very grateful for my location of living as well. I stayed in South Florida and in South Florida, we were able to go outside. I am blessed and very privileged to own a home. And I was able to go outside in my backyard, tan, get that sunlight. You know how sunlight is very important. And um, just be in nature. Nature is medicinal, just like movement. And movement is really important. So I was able to continue to work out even on the hardest days. Even when I was sick, I had COVID twice already. There was one point on the fifth day of COVID where I was feeling a little better. And to make my feel myself feel even more better, I started to belly dance. And I actually recorded the video. I posted it on Instagram. I didn't share with anyone that I was, you know, I was, I had COVID at the time. And yeah. <laughs> so 
biggest takeaway, tell the people that you love the most that you love them. Everything is temporary. This too shall pass. Movement is medicine. Be outside in nature, even when they tell you not to. Rebel, sorry. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. I've actually noticed that quite a bit with your content in the last couple months. I feel like there's been more dancing, still a lot of yoga, mm -hmm. but am I crazy or is that a reality? And if so, is there a reason for that? Dancing is one of the most beautiful ways and forms to express my emotions right there and then. And you could dance to absolutely anything. Even if you're angry, you could crump it out. That That's a way of dancing. What's, what's so, a crump? You might, have to, <laughs> you might have to show us real Crumping quick. Crumping is like a very beautiful style. It's uh, street-wise, and it's very like jerking movements. And okay. um, yeah, <laughs> okay. it's powerful. It's very powerful, very emotional. Um, you're supposed to let that anger and distress out when you're doing it. <laughs> okay. But am I crazy or the last few months, maybe there has been a little more dance content? I always trickled in the dance content. I'm doing it now more because I feel like people are asking for more dance videos. And I think it's much more popular, especially with the rise of the Chinese company TikTok and how TikTok dances are really, really in. And <laughs> so I just feel like, you know, dancing is beautiful. It's a way of expression. It's healing for the body. It's great for the mind, memory and so forth. So why not? I always love to dance. Yeah. And I was just telling you, I was at this festival this past weekend. And I feel like I can tell a lot about a person and their healing journey based on the way that they dance. Interesting. Tell me more. So when I see someone on the dance floor and they're just fully embodying that self-expression, giving zero fucks about what anyone else is thinking. I can tell that person has done a lot of work because they've got into a place where they really just prioritize pleasing themselves rather than being so concerned about the opinions of other people. Right. And for me, that's how I approach my dancing. By no means am I a good dancer, but I just literally feel the music and then go in and immerse myself. And um, it wasn't always like that. And I can tell when I see other people like that, I'm like, ooh, that person's tapped in, you know? And it's beautiful to see. It's beautiful to see. And I think that's one of the things also, like yoga's extremely valuable, but now it's like adding this added dimension where it's like, hey, this is just another form of movement to further tap in to your body awareness and show yourself the love you need and deserve. And... I wanted to also ask you something and mention something based on something else you said about getting outside and getting sun. Because we've actually been programmed that going outside and getting sun on our skin is dangerous. We've been told that it might cause skin cancer and that we need to put these different sunscreens on our face and on our body. But the funny thing about that, Naya, is as you probably know, many of these sunscreens contain different chemicals and toxins, such as benzene and avobenzone, mm -hmm. right? That have been found to actually cross the blood-brain barrier and cause and promote, cancer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So <laughs> the reason I'm saying that is because a recent study came out showing that the average woman in America exposes herself to over 160 different chemicals every single day through the skin. A hundred percent. Yeah. So tell me about like how you nourish your skin and how you avoid some of those pitfalls that are so easy to fall into. Certainly. Um, I not only is the sun sunscreen is amazing, especially if you're going to spend, let's say you golf, that's already over five hours outside. Then it would be very, you know, protect your body. Definitely right. use a sunscreen, read the labels and the ingredients on what is on the sunscreen and then apply. But for the most part, there's a lot of sunscreen that not, not only uh, can damage or increase the probability of you getting skin cancer or some type of uh, melanoma, etc. There's also the earth aspect of, you know, it's damaging to the ocean, these chemicals. Besides that, personally, I have been more aware of what I'm putting onto my body. I... During my trainings, I'm always going through the eight limbs. And one of the limbs is uh, the yamas and yamas. And under there, there's a category of something called ahimsa. Ahimsa translates to non-harm, non-violence, mm. non-harm to others, non-harm to the environment, non-harm to yourself. And it starts from within, right? Being careful of the inner dialogue. So with that being said, being careful what I'm putting inside my body with what I'm eating and then I'm becoming more and more aware with the chemicals that I'm putting on my body, especially as a woman. We're constantly targeted with uh, different shampoos for the perfect hair, um, you know, chemicals, sprays. Makeup is really, really in right now. And it's absolutely beautiful. It's a beautiful art form of expressing yourself via you're the canvas on your face and so forth. But we got to be mindful of what the ingredients are on the foundation, eyeliner, etc., lip gloss, and so forth. Um, going back to what my skincare routine, I always tell my esthetician, the less is more. I don't like to follow like a rigorous routine. And it also depends on genetics and so forth, but a cleanser, a moisturizer, SPF, I'm good to go. Nothing more, nothing less, I won't utilize it. And with soap, Handmade soap is what I look for. The ingredients, I don't want more and more than anything than five ingredients there. That's it. And it has to be some things that I could pronounce, things that I know that are safe for the skin. And they might not smell or last long. And that's okay because it doesn't have the perfume. The perfume is what makes it last a very long period of time. But perfume isn't great either. So little things like that. Cool. I appreciate that. Um, speaking of hair, I see that you... Did something yes a little new a little different what inspired that my i am constantly in and out of the hot room and i wanted to have like a nice hairdo that could allow me to wake up and be like i woke up like this hey. <laughs> a nice little change also but i did experience the loss of my um dog i actually have her remains over here on the couch i picked them up today it's very sad and i already did my crying prior to this <laughs> i am getting a little emotional but 
um, change. That's it. Mm. Yeah, you touched on that with impermanence. Mm -hmm. And you also mentioned that limb of yoga that focuses on, was it called himsa? Ahimsa, nonviolence. Nonviolence. Yes. And you mentioned words to ourselves. Yes. So I'm curious to know, was there ever a time in your life that you were causing harm to yourself with the words that you spoke? I believe everyone has to go through this, especially I say I'm a recovering perfectionist. And I think I did this. I shared this with you in the first part podcast that we did together. And as a perfectionist, we could be very harsh with our critiques, the inner critic. We want everything to, it's a, probably a form of OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, wanting everything to be perfect, the dotted lines, the cross T's, et cetera. So yeah, definitely experienced a lot of self negativity. And I don't want to say negativity, but it wasn't working in my purpose, in my path at the time, it was actually hurting me. So I was practicing violence against my, you know, with myself, self-sabotage. And I say that this is negative and not that negative feelings are bad. We experience negative feelings. Feelings are emotions, energy and motion. We all have to go through it. I think a part of being on this life path is that we have to suffer. There's a form of suffering. It's a contract that we just sign and we come here for. There are paths that we go through and challenges that everyone goes through. And a part of that challenge, it was just, you know, self-sabotage and not speaking kindly to myself. And a way that that changed is to notice the inner dialogue, which happened through meditation, which happened through the practice of yoga. And that's called the Svariyaya in Sanskrit. And it's the practice of self-study. I always learn so much when I'm with you. For, for me, it's a really good opportunity to actually be a student, which I feel like I don't give myself the opportunity to do often enough. Like I'm always learning and absorbing things, but to actually learn some of these things so I can implement them in my life and share them with others is really valuable. And something that you mentioned just now about negative emotions. I think we've been programmed to believe that negative emotions or bad. Yeah. But in reality, the fact that you can even feel your feelings and emotions is a blessing. The yeah. fact that you can feel the pain, the fact that you can feel the fear or the sadness, right? Because that's just giving you the opportunity to dive deeper. Hey, what's the root cause of that emotion? And so many people are taking pills and potions and medications and alcohol to numb their emotions so they don't feel anything. Yeah. And I think, you know, the stuff that you do is actually allowing people to tap in to their feelings, tap into their emotions, their, their emotional body and their physical body and actually discover what's underneath, right? So- Which could be scary. <laughs> yeah. And I'm curious to know, like for you, what is- because I think people might see you online. They might see the fact that you've taught yoga to Will Smith or the fact that you're leading retreats all over the world or the fact that you've built this huge community online and they think, oh, like Naya's got it all figured out. She's really just clicking on all cylinders. So I'm curious to know right now in this moment of your life, what is something that you're working through? Um, 
that you're kind of unpacking and stripping the layers to, if you don't mind sharing. Okay. That is a loaded question. Let me take a breath to process. I am a work in progress, 100%. And what has made it easier for me to navigate through this life is really focusing on the different modalities I am exposed to for the healing to take place. And I understand that it is a privilege to be able to meditate for 30 minutes a day. Not a lot of people can take the time to do it. Mm. And I am working through staying disciplined. I feel like it's a lifelong practice because when things like the death of my dog, when things like that happen, Take your time. We love you. That's an emotion <laughs> coming through. So when things like that happen, it really shifts your world and as a, excuse me, as a um, person that wants to take control over things, I am really just, uh, I'm very hands-on with a lot of projects, wanting to move and stay busy, taking the time off to, like you mentioned, experience these emotions is crucial. Because if you don't, it adds up within the body. And that's what creates dis-ease, disease, and stress. And stress wrecks havoc within the body. So it's experiencing absolutely everything and becoming more emotional. I think we were talking about earlier how a lot of females are tapped into their masculine energy. And it's that go-go, it's that assertiveness, it's that passion, it's that zest, it's that fire which can be really great for productivity, but my work is to tap into my feminine. Mm. Yeah, that was beautiful just to experience all of that. Thank you. Thank you for being so open and being an example. Um, you know, I see like you just, you know, shed tears and cry and like part of me, I know this sounds really wild part of me is actually jealous because sometimes i feel like there's times i should cry or something sad happens and i'm not hyper connected to my emotional body at that moment and for you and some of my other friends sometimes they'll apologize to me like when they cry in front of me and i'm like don't don't fucking apologize i think it's beautiful like, I think it's a beautiful demonstration and expression of emotions that I genuinely wish I could sometimes tap more into. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate you for sharing that. 
Yeah, it's powerful. And this is me embracing that side because like you mentioned, I had a hard time for till now being able to cry or cry in front of people. I always experience sadness and these emotions by myself because I don't want anyone else to see it. Mm. And it that is because I pinpointed the root of that. When I was little, I had to be strong for my parents. I had to be strong for my grandmother and my mm. mother. Wow, that just triggered something. So I shared this. I haven't really shared this like openly, but I shared it with my parents once. And I think a reason why I've struggled in the past to tap into my emotions is because through my childhood, my older brother went through his troubles and trials and tribulations, whether it was with addiction or just making some questionable decisions. Mm -hmm. And I saw how much pain that caused my parents. So I made it a point subconsciously to never put my parents through any sort of pain, mm. right? So a big part of that was actually hiding some of my sadness because if they were to see that, especially my mom, I know she would be worried. She would be concerned. So for me, there's been a lot of times where externally I've been happy. I've been joyful. I've been smiling. I've been outgoing, mm -hmm. but inside I was actually crying. Yeah. And for me now, I want to just continue tapping into my authentic expression and my emotions, understanding that it's part of this human experience. And by myself embodying some of those emotions and people seeing me as a strong man, yeah. someone who is powerful, expressing that vulnerability actually gives them permission to do the same. So I'm inspired by what this conversation um, opened up. That's the beautiful thing about podcasting, right? It's like, yeah. Like we, like we were talking and I was like, yesterday I was like, I had in my calendar on um, prep for Naya and, and, and like prep for, prep for the podcast and stuff. And I was like, sure, like there's some stuff I want to prep for, but most of it is kind of just free flowing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If we were to prep every single word in this, you know, podcast, what we just shared wouldn't probably come up. You know, that was a truly vulnerable moment. So thank you for opening and creating the space for it. Yeah. And I, I have written down here. Um, I have written down here. This is something that I did want to talk to you about. But actually, before, before we go there, I'm going to interrupt myself. Because we talked a little bit about emotions mm -hmm. and you always wanting to stay connected to your divine feminine which is being able to express and being able to be soft, right? And then we also talked about how there are a lot of women today who are ambitious, they're driven, they wanna be successful. And unfortunately, society plays a role in this, but many of them have had to kind of put up these walls and lose touch with some of that divine feminine essence that they have. And to, to me personally, and I don't want to offend anyone when I say this, but for me, you can be like the most physically gorgeous, attractive woman. 
But if you have completely lost touch with your divine feminine essence, there's no attraction just because there's no softness. There's no ability to receive love and affection. And as somebody who has the love language of physical touch, it's very hard to be with someone when you're trying to give love and it doesn't get received. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's my experience. I don't know if there's anything you want to add. I see amazing, like you mentioned, beautiful, empowering women that are opening businesses that are doing it all. Literally super women. They have children or maybe they don't. They have pets. They have a husband. Mm. They have lives. And they have like um, eight hands just juggling things from all ends. And it does get tiresome. So I definitely believe that just like we all have a feminine energy, energetic channel and masculine energetic channel within the body, according to Eastern anatomy, that we could find the balance between both. And that will be the equanimity, the balance that we need to go through this life. And through day-to-day basis, there's an ebb and flow to life. If mm. life was only like a roller coaster just going up, 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 then the down, down, down is going to be equally as powerful. So the ebb and flow is just going up and down with a little more um, fluidity, just like the element of water, like waves. And being able to embrace these both sides, tap into the masculine and the feminine, or notice, I think the key here is to really notice when you're giving that um masculine energy of being assertive of full-on non-stop go-go especially being in the western society that the more badges you have it is associated with who you are or who like how you're worth as a human being Mm. like how many labels do you have oh so that equals your worth right so i feel like a lot of people may feel the Um, a lot of people may feel like they have to accumulate, accumulate um, clothing, shoes, cars, accessories, houses, money, etc. And just remembering that at the end of the day, I keep going back to death, but during the deathbed, just because I, I'm surrounded by a lot of elders too. At the end of the day, what everyone says, family is important, loved ones are important, and I wish I didn't work so damn hard. You're talking about the five regrets of the dying? Is that where you were referencing? I didn't know there were five, but (laughs) those were some that I've heard of elders tell me, you know, if they were given me, having given advice by people that are, you know, my dad calls it a runway. He's like, you have plenty of left on the runway. I have like a helicopter stop. Mm. But Can um, you say that? Can you say that one more time? Because now that I know like what you're communicating. Oh, yes. So these are... The three regrets of the elderly in your experience. Yes. Okay. Number one. Spend more time with family and loved ones. Okay. And don't work so darn hard. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And if we can maintain that perspective in the present moment, right, to impact our decisions now, that can be powerful. Agree. And that not only applies to women, it applies to men as well. It applies to everyone, all yeah. genders. 
I think the four most powerful words to remember are you're going to die. Yeah. And that might be five words, but having that perspective that this life is temporary and that every single breath is a blessing, every single moment is a miracle and an opportunity to grow, evolve, learn, and connect, I think we'll just have more fulfilling days, fulfilling weeks, fulfilling months, and fulfilling lives. So I appreciate you sharing that. It's transformation as well. Just like mushrooms are a transformation from, you know, death to life in a way. And anytime I do experience a journey or microdosing, I'm reminded of my interconnectedness to all and everything. But also it's a reminder of like my own fears. There's a lot of um, awakening that does happen, hence your awakening. And um, I think it's beautiful. At first I was afraid um, there were a lot of things that did open up towards me. A lot of things that I kept in pretty little boxes, compart- like uh, shelved away in my mind. And these boxes started to open. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm not ready for this. And even though I wasn't ready, it, the point is to face it. And facing your fears is empowering. And it really adds just purpose and meaning to what you're giving your attention to because to hide these things takes a lot of effort. It takes mm. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So since you mentioned it, these beautiful, fantastic fungi, curious to know what was your first experience with mushrooms using them in a more mindful, conscious way? In a more mindful, conscious way, I would prefer my dosage because every mushroom will have a different effect depending on the body. It's my digestive system. It's just like medicine, all the side effects and so forth. Not that this has, but um, it's just caution on how much I wish to take and dive in. And if I want more, I could always take a little bit more and I want that control again, hence. But my experience is the colors, the frequencies. I love being in nature. I think one of the times I was indoors and it was just, it actually highlighted the, I was in a basement. It actually made it so much scarier. I'm like, I need to be outside right now. Why are we doing this to ourselves? I'm like, <laughs> but again, mm. that was like just, um, just a powerful learning experience. But even being in the basement, everything became more clear of like the grunge of uh, where we were and everything just started to pop out more. And it wasn't like I was hallucinating. I just became, I became more detail oriented mm. or started to see things that I would pass on the day-to-day basis. And I think that's the beauty of life. Mushrooms remind me with moderation. They remind me that make the mundane holy that everything is absolutely beautiful when we give it that attention. Mm, I can definitely relate to that. Because even with a small microdose, the blades of grass will pop and be more green. The sky will be just a little bit more blue. Mm -hmm. The saturation of things, yeah. 
my breath will mm-hmm. be a little deeper and more connected. So I think that's a great way to describe the experiences. Your senses are heightened. And when you do mushrooms in a mindful way, it can really enhance your levels of gratitude, which is what you were touching on. Because now you really start appreciating all of these little things around you. Oh my gosh, this beautiful stainless steel bottle that keeps me hydrated. This pen that allows me to articulate my thoughts onto this notebook. This book. Uh, All these ideas that someone wrote. That is bound together (laughs) by this beautiful sheet of cardboard. The knowledge in there, yeah. Somebody put their whole life's work into these 287 pages. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think if we can maintain that perspective just in our day-to-day lives, it'll make life so much more juicy and meaningful. And Yeah, even when it's not. Yeah, for sure. So do you have any consistent sort of microdosing protocol now or is it kind of just intuitive maybe when you're feeling called to it? It's intuitive. It's definitely when I'm feeling called to it. I try to get into these states naturally via the practice of meditation and breath work. But again, this is a beautiful tool and it's helped so many, especially people that are, they have PTSD or people that may be on antidepressants um, and so many others. It's definitely a powerful tool. And that's why I do it intuitively, intuitively. And as of right now, I'm going to keep it that way, but uh, it's, I'm not closed-minded about it. I'm very receptive towards this medicine. I love that. And just like you said, I think it's very important to emphasize that mushrooms and microdosing is not a magic pill. Because if you eat like shit, if you sleep like shit, if you don't move your body, if you have a bunch of unaddressed childhood wounds and traumas, the mushrooms aren't just going to heal everything magically, right? You have to integrate those other tools that you talked about. Certainly. And the teachings too. be able to, okay, now I'm aware of this. Now what to do about it? We are creatures of habit. So we fall back into our old habits to kick a habit. It may take over 40 days and that takes discipline and consistency and just wanting that change. What is, what is the hardest habit that you've had to kick? Is it the fast food addiction or is it something else? (laughs) That was definitely challenging. Even becoming vegetarian was challenging. I've been vegetarian for almost seven years now. And again, I'm Latina and I used to love my fried chicken and pollo guisado and, you know, ropa vieja and everything else. So after I learned, I just had to maneuver my way around. Um, I tried veganism. However, it didn't work for me for uh, many different reasons. I spoke to my doctor about it. But um, being vegetarian is something that I can keep and keeps I could sustain it as a lifestyle and I could feel healthy and I could feel my best and it makes me feel amazing on day-to-day basis. So 
that was a major transformation in my life just because I did this just a few years ago. I, it wasn't like I was 10 years old or five years old. I've seen many videos of these beautifully emotional children, just like with that high emotional awareness of like, this is, this had a life once. And they like start mm. to cry straight away. They're like, I don't want to eat this. You know, a lot of, you know, this generation and these kids now, they, they're, they're tapped in. They're tapped in for real. They're really tapped in. But again, I'm not sharing and I'm not saying that eating meat is wrong. All I want to share is that as long as you find ethically sourced and, you know, especially with all the hormones, a lot of children, uh, females are getting their periods at a younger and younger age just because of all the antibiotics and everything that they're injecting mm. inside these animals. Just, you know, a few things there. But besides that, I would say, going back to your question, um, kicking the habit of my food. You know, food is everything. <laughs> I love, you know, when I, my partner and Evan have been together, my partner, Evan, and I have been together for seven years. He asked me, you know, what keeps you happy? How can I, not that he was trying to make me happy because happiness inter is internally, but as a partner, you always want to satisfy each other or, you know, find pleasure. That's why you choose another being to be with. And he asked me like, you know, how, what can I do to keep you afloat and to keep this relationship going? And I'm like food. <laughs> so food is very important in my life. So as you could see now tying it all back together, that switching my diet and my lifestyle was, you know, a habit that was really challenging. Yeah. Wow. Evan's a smart guy. When did he <laughs> ask you that question? Like how much, how, how far into the relationship? Was it like? It was early. It was yeah. early. It was very early. We just started to date and see each other. And he's like, you know what? What keeps you happy? Well, if being together, let's say, what would you say the three things are? I can't remember this. What was the, it said food. I don't know. He may have the list though. <laughs> I, can't out, I can't even remember. <laughs> shout out to the boy, Evan. Because uh, every time that I'm in your guys' presence, I've been fortunate enough to be at your home a few times. Um, first of all, you guys host an incredible party. I would love for there to be one in the very near future. <laughs> Anyways, Evan is just like the epitome of also holding space. And just like, I feel safer and more grounded in his presence. That's amazing. Yeah. And... <laughs> You know, I know we live a little ways away, but I definitely want to spend more time with you guys because I always learn a lot about just kind of life and relationship dynamics. So that's good to know. You're so always invited. Anytime, anytime come through. <laughs> so you touched on hormones mm, yeah. for women. Mm -hmm. And I thought this would be an appropriate time to talk about birth control. Mm. because this is one of the most most common questions I've been receiving recently from a lot of the people that follow my work is birth control safe? Mm. How is it impacting our hormones, our physiology? And I know you have your own personal experience mm -hmm. that maybe you could share. Certainly. I was around the age of 15, 16, when I went to the gynecologist and I felt really empowered and, you know, badass because I didn't have my mom with me. I didn't have any parental guidance. 
And I went inside and I was able to dictate what I thought was best to do with my body. And I shared information with my doctor. And I shared the main concern at that time for me was acne. And they were like, well, birth control is phenomenal for acne. So I was like, okay, let's give it a go. So I started my birth control journey at that young age. And I'm sure there are many women that are taking it even younger. Because again, like I mentioned, some women are have maybe experiencing intense period of cramps, which they prescribe birth control to ease some of those cramps. So I started my birth control journey. I was on it for a few more years. And then I started to get extremely nauseous almost every day. And then I would throw up and I had intense mood swings and I had like a a missed period here. Like everything was just completely off. It wasn't cohesive and it just made me feel like utter crap. Were you throwing up on a daily basis? I was throwing up almost on a daily basis. On a daily basis, that would be very concerning. I would be extremely dehydrated, but I would, it would, it would get to that point for sure. A hundred percent. Yep. Wow almost. And it's signal, you know, there's a lot of side effects to birth control, birth control at the end of the day, it's to make the process of getting pregnant, um, much more difficult and it thins the uterine lining. And when we're not on it, you know, that uterine line is lining is going to be thicker. That's why we have our menstruation to break that the muscles are constantly in contraction and expansion to have that bloodshed. And then it pauses the ovulation phase. And the ovulation phase is very important not to just have a child, but it's important for our overall health because all the systems within the body, they serve a purpose. (laughs) There's a purpose for absolutely any, everything. And everything is interconnected, just like mycelium is with mushrooms and everything else, right? So when we are stopping nature's process in one way, it's going to wreak havoc in another. And that could present itself as thyroid issues, bone issues, and many other um, symptoms from there. And also, from what I understand, the birth control is pumping excess levels of synthetic estrogen in the body And when there's too much estrogen, that's going to cause a lot of toxicity to the liver. Yeah. See how it's interconnected. Exactly. So everything has a ripple effect. And how did the birth control actually impact your acne? It it was good. It definitely took care of the acne. Not going to say anything otherwise, but it did work. However, when I got off the birth control, and again, it was causing these like really shitty side effects. So I'd rather have acne, which I did for over a year. It was very, a very hard period of my life just because it was just so bad. I wasn't, you know, I took this to prevent the acne from happening. Acne also has, I didn't, go into the root of my acne cause. It could have been diet. It could have been many other things. So it's not, acne is not just about washing your face. And that's such a misconception. You see people with acne, you're like, wash your face, use this product, use that product. No, bro. How about your, your, your nutrition? Um, what water you're drinking? And, and a lot of other things uh, like sugar, sugar, inflammation, everything else. It's so bad. Anyway, 
going back to uh my birth control journey. <laughs> I got off birth control, everything wrecked havoc on my body, my hormones were haywired, and I just had to slowly just with patience find that balance back within. And I experienced acne for a year. It took about three years to just for my perspective to get back to what is considered normal in my body. And I still went through the acne. So <laughs> I still had to go through it. So you were on birth control from 15 to 18? Yeah. And then for about that three-year period, your hormones were still a little out of whack, your energy levels, your mm -hmm. skin. Bipolar, just like uh, mood swings. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing that because I genuinely think, first of all, it's a topic that I have no personal experience with, obviously. And what's really fucked up actually is I remember, and I'm just being fully open and transparent, but I remember in college, my friends and I would joke like, like if one of us was hooking up with a girl, like, yo bro, like, did you make sure she's on the pill? Mm -hmm. And like, that's how we thought about it. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, cool. I can have sex with this girl and not have to worry about impregnating her. Mm. Without thinking about all of the shit that her body's going through mm -hmm. by taking this poison. So I look back at that and obviously I'm not going to like feel guilty about it, but I kind of do because it's pretty fucked up, but that's kind of the way we're programmed, right? Certainly. That's the way we're programmed in this. And that was also like you mentioned your peers at the time, everyone was talking about it and it's the influence as well. And ultimately the last thing that I would want my partner to yeah. be on now is birth control because I don't want her to fuck with her hormones. I don't want her mood and mental health to be disrupted no. by this foreign substance and chemicals that are taking over her physiology. That would interfere with your relationship with her. Cause that would definitely, you know, how we feel inside, we're going to project it outward. And, um, that would, you know, there's actually a video I saw. I don't know if you know anything about this. Um, how, because birth control messes with your hormones, it can make you it can make the woman attracted to a partner that she typically wouldn't be attracted to. Have you heard anything about that? I did hear that. I'm, I'm not sure of the study behind it, but I did hear that women that have been on birth control for a longer period of time tend to find a partner that has feminine aspects or just like, uh, yeah, um, searching for a partner with more feminine features or aspects and things like that. And... I just want to wrap up this conversation by saying that I'm not, and I don't think you are promoting just being absolutely careless, not taking birth control, not taking any precautions towards preventing a pregnancy. Yeah. If that's something that you don't want to have, but something that I see you and some of my other girlfriends tapping into is really understanding their cycle. Mm-hmm in understanding that it works with the moon and mm -hmm. understanding the different parts of the cycle and how they impact your energy levels, your mood, because yes. that is so valuable to understand that. So for everyone listening, if you're interested, if you're experiencing tenderness of breasts during cycle, extreme pain during menstruation, um, 
not very consistent with the timing and just so many other symptoms, I would highly, highly recommend a book that changed my life. Um, the book is called Woman Code and she has a second book. It's called In the Flow. And this will literally give you all the information, every single bit and piece of information that you need to make your cycle regular, stay in tune with yourself because it becomes so empowering when you know your body from the inside out. Mm. Yeah. So repeat the names of those books. One is Woman Code okay. and the other one is In the Flow. Woman Code. Do you see any value to men reading these or not really? If you could take one or two, three things or five things out of there, I think there's definitely value in, in any book that you read for sure. Yeah. Um, now, I do want to mention this is not medical advice. Yes, not medical advice. This is not medical advice, but there is some interesting research being done with microdosing psilocybin and menstrual pains. So I'm excited about that because as a man, these are things I'll never have to experience, but I would love there to be a healthy alternative and solution for women to have the most pleasant pain-free experience possible during these times. But I also understand that that pain is probably also beautiful in a sense at times, Maybe not. Well, some of the pain can be absolutely excruciating and debilitating. Um, they feel like uh, birth contractions. So <laughs> I Ooh. think at the end of the day, we do want to decrease the pain. And I have, uh, my moon cycles have gotten to the point where I know it's coming because maybe I, I feel like a little bit more emotional or get the regular stuff. But before I used to have really excruciating pain and not anymore because I read this book mm. not to promote. I have, I'm not sponsored or anything. I'm just Maybe sharing. Be, <laughs> I read this book and I, again, I, I work with mm. my cycle and I'm able to give my body the nutrients that it needs for this time of shedding. Mm. Wow. This is. So mushrooms are very nutritional, especially when you pair them up. Because again, they're interconnected organisms. So when they work together, it's even better. Yes, this is true. Very true. In fact, this one right here that I shared with you, Naya, right here, this delicious, delectable mushroom chocolate with the highest quality and organic ingredients yes. has been a beautiful tool to experience more social settings and nightlife. And I think oftentimes people associate mushrooms with just mental health. Like, hey, this might potentially help with my anxiety, my depression, my ADHD. And that is very true. However, through my experience sharing these with over 75 people at this point, one of the common themes that was shared to me was, this is so much better than alcohol. I feel so connected to my body and I feel joyful and I actually feel very turned off by alcohol because I identify, I identify that I'm operating at this elevated vibration. 
And I know intuitively that alcohol usually dims that vibration. Mm -hmm. And I know you and I occasionally love to enjoy drinks. So we're not saying to never drink. At least I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But just be open to these new possibilities that these medicines have to offer. Certainly. And we also are... I think community is really important as well. So being able to tap into community that is very receptive to these new modalities or, you know, not drinking. So be careful who you surround yourself with. Like we hang out and we go to cacao ceremonies. We go to ecstatic dancing. Not everything has to be a nightclub. Not everything has to be like, let's go out for happy hour and just get belligerently drunk. Um, This is a beautiful way to connect with yourself. It's beneficial for the later, the tomorrow, for your future and for your health. Yes. What would you say to someone right now who is agreeing with everything we're talking about, but they're still caught in the cycles of hanging out with their friends from middle school and high school and college, and they're doing the same repetitive things. They're getting blackout drunk. They're making questionable decisions. And deep inside their soul, they know this isn't really who they are anymore. Certainly. What would you say to that person to help guide them maybe get on a path where they're connected to more like-minded people? I would share that attending meetings, not like meetings, I I like uh, classes and uh, being able to be in that environment with other individuals. Mm. And maybe you're passionate about writing or seek what you're passionate about and pursue that and just replace Replace it slowly. Um, If there's an urge to drink at 4.30 in the afternoon, p.m., give yourself the chance to dance instead or give yourself the chance to take a class instead and then see how you feel afterwards and see if you're still wanting to go out and do the same thing. It may change. I like that. I think, you know what what comes up for me, actually, when you just said that, is I think a lot of people fear being by themselves. Even spending an hour by themselves with no external stimulation, no phone, no other people, no music is one of the most terrifying thoughts to people because then you're forced to really sit with yourself. Yeah, I'll take it from personal experience. Uh, As a yoga teacher... During Shavasana, Shavasana is laying down and, you know, Shavasana isn't as challenging as a headstand or handstand or warrior two, everything that they just did. It's not as challenging as that. But Shavasana, corpse pose, which is just laying down, demands stillness of the body and it demands, you know, calming of the mind. And as a teacher, what I see in class is people fidgeting moving, wanting out straight away, because it's really, really, really hard to stay there and go through those, through the inner dialogue, go through the thoughts, go through, you know, the past, the future. And I always remind them that the point of Shavasana is not to go completely blank. That would be death. The point of Shavasana is to acknowledge the thoughts and be able to detach from them as soon as they come in. And if you attach 
yourself to a thought, no worries, go back to your breath. But it's that recognition and it's really hard. So like you mentioned, being alone in your home, in nature, and just sitting with your S-H-I-T is challenging. So imagine having a community practice. We're all doing it together and still some people may find that challenge there as well. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I think when I first started doing yoga, maybe 10 years ago, the Shavasana, I think there were times where I walked out. I was like, all right, I did the work. I got a sweat on. I did a little strength work, mobility work. And now it's like, I'm counting down to Shavasana. I'm like, please, what is it? You know what I mean? I'm like, please, let me just chill and surrender. Um, And by the way, speaking of community, you have cultivated such a beautiful community in the Delray Boca area with Space Unknown, the beach cleanups, the classes, the workshops. It's absolutely incredible. So I want to just give you a minute or two or five to kind of share how that's going. Thank you. It's great. They say if you build it, they will come. And we opened this studio, Space Unknown in Delray Beach, in the midst of COVID. I don't know what we were thinking, but again, we're in South Florida and we were able to do it, so we did it. And we took some precautions, of course. We wanted everyone to be extremely healthy, but we also understood that people are experiencing touch deprivation. Mm. They're experiencing, you know, um, we're social beings. We're meant to be socializing. And it's one of our necessities, aside from, you know, proper sleep, uh, roof over your head, protection, um, food, water, et cetera, oxygen. Socialization is very important. So understanding this, we opened the studio that offers a variety of classes from belly dance, sacred dance, to uh, glutes and grooves by Ashley, uh, kundalini yoga, space vinyasa, and Mm. it's a cosmic theme. And we believe that everything is interconnected. So we created a studio that implements the cosmos as well. And it's not religious, it's nothing like that. It's just understanding what's outside of this planet and also keeping our beautiful mother earth in mind as well. And that space unknown in Delray Beach, again, we have a variety of classes and special classes as well and lectures, you're always welcome anytime. Yeah, we should definitely set that up, set set one up soon. Definitely. and. I also host with my partner, Salila Tui, teacher trainings there, 200 hours, 200 hour trainings and 300 hour trainings. We have students graduating August 6th for their 300 hour training, advanced teacher training. So that's really exciting. And we're, we have our applications and doors open, getting ready for the students that will be starting November a 200 hour yoga teacher training at our space in Delray beach. And there's a lot happening and I'm completely grateful for it. I love this community, the space. I always ask people like, you know, how do you feel walking in? And they're like, I just feel welcomed. I feel seen. I feel heard. And that's exactly what we want. Yeah, no, it's, it's a vibe. (laughs) And for anyone, for anyone listening or watching who's, thought about doing their yoga teacher training. I can't think of two better teachers and guides than you and Twee because you guys go so much deeper than just yoga. You it's really it really is a lifestyle, a way of being, a way of showing up. Mm-hmm. And in just the week long retreat that I went on, 
I learned so much. And I brought that back with me and integrated and implemented a lot of those lessons. So sweet. definitely want people to tap into that. And just to kind of finish that point of community, if you're someone who's craving true connection, I think one of the best things you can do is spend time at places where you're likely to meet people that have the same interests. Mm -hmm. So go to a yoga class, right? Go to Whole Foods Mm -hmm. where there's likely more people who are more health conscious about what they put into their body, right? Go to a concert of some music that you really mess with, right? East Forest and where you went to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, and, and do those things alone if you have to, mm-hmm. you know, um, because that's really where you're going to be forced out of your comfort zone. Yes. You know, my buddy over there sitting down, I met him at a conference in Minnesota two months ago. And two months later or a month later, a couple of weeks later, came to Miami, attended one of my events. And then two weeks after that, moved to Miami by himself from from Connecticut. Amazing. (laughs) And that's like the type of courage that I think a lot of times people lack is like, okay, I might not have anyone to join me to this thing, but I really want to go. I know it's going to force me to grow. It's going to force me to become a better version of myself. So I'm going to take action and do it Mm, and feel into that fear. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, I so yeah, I think that's powerful. Definitely want to come facilitate something soon. Yes. Or just experience something. Um, what else is on your mind? I mean, I have things on my piece of paper. I can always continue the conversation. But is there anything that's on your heart now in this moment? Just thinking of the future. And I think that these are great points that you shared about going and doing things that really feed your mind, body, and soul. And um, to listen to the soul and what it wants to do and how you can nourish it and so forth is really, really important. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, we all want to be happy, healthy, and holy. And that would be a way to do what really feels right for you. Yeah. And community is really important. So definitely find that group of people that you really connect with and vibe with. Like when I met you, your energy was just like so awesome. And just like, I feel like my group of friends are so solid. And yeah. And even in Kundalini Yoga, we say as a teacher, you don't turn anyone back because everyone's coming to you for help or knowledge or for your teachings so no matter how crazy someone may seem, you still have to share the teachings. Mm. So, yeah, finding community is important. Yeah, I think, too, talking about that you're excited for the future. Yeah. I've realized that any time that I've gone through a period of depression in my life, it was when I had nothing to look forward to. Mm. At least in my mind, yeah. right? So, of course, where does my mind go? My mind starts to ruminate. It starts to dwell on past mistakes, past failures, rather than focus on my bright future. 
Hey, I get to record this podcast with Nina. Hey, I'm going to this event where I'll be able to connect with amazing people, right? So I think it's really important to always be planting seeds yes. in your future that force you to show up on those days where you don't even feel like it because you know, hey, mm-hmm. I have something big coming up. Yeah, got to prepare yourself for it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, something other, something that's really cool that I've been, that happened in the mushroom space last week mm-hmm. is the FDA started its first trial on mm. mushrooms, real mushrooms. So the FDA had done some studies on synthetic compounds that mimicked psilocybin. Oh, wow. Okay. Because let's be honest, right? When big pharmaceutical companies see all the data of mm-hmm. mushrooms really helping people heal, of course, they're going to try their best to Replicate saturate the market it. with their chemically yeah. enhanced products that mimic psilocybin, whatever that means. But this is the first FDA study that's using real mushrooms. And what I think is so beautiful about that is that it's been proven that psilocybin, the chemical compound that's in mushrooms, turns off this part of our brain called the default mode network. And that's where all of our rumination and dwelling on the past resides. So what... What happens when you turn off the default mode network is now you're able to expel all of that creative energy towards the present moment because you're no longer focused Mm -hmm. on things that have already happened. You're focused on the present. You're focused on the bright future. So I think it's really exciting, the work that's happening. And it is. Yeah. And I can't replicate Mother Nature. That's what I'm saying. And Naya, like another thing, the fact that the fact that this medicine has been bastardized and made a schedule one narcotic for the last 50 years is absolutely insane when you think about the fungi kingdom in all of the functional mushrooms that are completely legal, like lion's mane, cordyceps, reishi, chaga, that have all of these incredible benefits, how are you just going to take a a few of these strains and make them illegal? It's pretty insane when you think about it in that way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the potential that it has to change lives and... It, to, it sort of makes sense for me looking at the grand scheme of things of what's happening in different countries and United States and so forth. I get it. But for the most part, um, change is about to come. Change is happening and I'm still hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. And have you experienced, I'm curious to know, like, what are some things that you and your partner Evan do to maintain novelty in your relationship after seven years, right? Because there's a lot of redundancy, routine, right? Especially after spending crazy amounts of time together during the pandemic. So what are a couple of those things, whether it is 
a psychedelic journey together mm-hmm. or something along those lines that allows you to further deepen your connection? It's a lot of years for sure. And it's only the beginning. So I believe communication because we also continue to grow and change. So as we are growing and changing and um, really listening to our souls and how my partner is feeling and so forth, communication is really, really important. And not listening to provide an answer to things, not listening to, you know, uh, be on the defense about something. It's just purely listening. And it's listening from the heart and speaking from the heart as well. And that's really important for us. Trust is really important. And part of that trust is being completely open. And Is that how it always was since day one? Were you guys always practicing very open communication? Yes. Yeah. From day one, he was a person where I felt, I felt very comfortable. And like you mentioned, just like safe with this person. So, yeah. Are there any exercises or anything that you guys do that we can maybe implement in our life? You know what? Being tapped in, a little TMI, but whatever, uh, being tapped into my masculine energy, I am very like, I, I took a hard time on receiving. So tapped into that control and um, wanting to just do things a little bit more of my way. Uh, Being able to open up and tap into that feminine energy was really important. And part of this journey, which helped me, is something called Beducated. And it's, um, Beducated is like the sex education that we always wanted. And in school, Mm. they gave us uh, like a really horrible sex education. It was more like fear education. Um, This is called Beducated. And Beducated is like the Netflix of sexual education. It has courses on anything that you can imagine. And it's really for the purpose of education. So there is nothing vulgar. There is nothing, um, you know, that is way too much. It's completely perfect. Perfect. It's knowledgeable. It's uh, there are doctors and psychiatrists on there. It's legit. So being able to take some of these courses have also, again, we've been together for a while now, have, has also improved our, my exploration of my own body, but exploration of both of us. And um, yeah, have, has kept things you know, up to date, spice it up, because at the end of the day, we all know that sex is very important yeah. in a relationship. Beducated. Yeah. <laughs> you dropped a lot of good resources that... And that, and that one is for men and women, right? Oh, yeah, for everyone, yes. So would you guys through, go through courses together? Or was we, that... So, yeah, um, I would find a course and then I would share it. Like, by the way, look at this. And then we would go and read it together and things like that. Um, I took the initiative because, you know, uh, he's, he's working, so forth. He, he's not going to, like, look through the website. I'm more interested in it than he is. But that's the beauty of being a partner. I find information, I read books, I do a lot of things and I just want to share it with him because I want us to experience or talk about these topics together. And same with him. He's into politics. He's into what's going on in the world. And I'm not really um, too savvy in that region, but he talks to me about it and I'm listening. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. So you guys, 
might not necessarily have all of the same interests, Mm -hmm. but when one of you expresses interest in something, the other person supports that interest and also expresses interest because ultimately if it's something that brings you more happiness, Mm -hmm. that's going to bring more happiness to our ecosystem. Yes, exactly. Yes. Imagine, oh, that would be so hurtful if you are sharing something with your partner and you're like overjoyed and you can't wait to share it. And your partner's like, can we switch the topic or like, you know, like, I don't really want to hear this right now. Yo, babe, I got this new mushroom. Yeah, yeah. Yo, it's going to change the world. It's going to tap into so much human potential. (laughs) Yeah. And then she just takes a shot of tequila in my face. (laughs) No one gives a fuck about your mushrooms, Jeremy. (laughs) Yeah, it would suck. (laughs) Well then, that was that. That was nice while it lasted. Yeah, let's talk about that though. The need, by the way, what what time is it? I just want to make sure. (coughs) Are you down to, um, I don't know if you ate before this. Are you down to go across after we record and grab a little bite? Oh my God, I'm starving. Okay, perfect. Cool. (laughs) We can take a team lunch, maybe. Yeah, cool. Please. <laughs> One of the most common things that I hear as to why someone doesn't pursue a path of plant medicine, including mushrooms or ayahuasca, and by the way, mm-hmm. I'm not here to like push it on anybody. It is your personal preference. I've just witnessed how many breakthroughs are possible mm-hmm. with these ancient healing modalities. Right. But one of the most common things I hear from people in regards to trying mushrooms is the fear of losing control. Mm -hmm. And it makes me laugh because control is an illusion, first of all. Second of all, it's not fun being in control of every single part of your life. That's exhausting. That's so stressful. And actually allowing yourself to surrender some of this perceived control that you have and receive all of the divine downloads from this medicine, from this higher intelligence, is one of the most beautiful things you can do. And I'm curious as to why so many people struggle to give up control. Because you mentioned... Mm-hmm. That was something that you've had to also push through and kind of navigate. For me, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, it's a trauma response. So during a moment of trauma where everything is absolutely chaotic, you seek control. You seek to have a fast response and for immediate action upon what can make that situation better. So being that being said, when you think that you're going to take something that's going to, like you mentioned, release the control and all that stuff, you're, you're releasing like your power in a way. So that could be really scary for a lot of people. Mm. That's, that's interesting. I never thought about it like that. It's a trauma response because uncertainty is scary. Yeah. Uncertainty is very scary. The unknown has always been scary. I wonder if that's why a lot of people also stay in toxic relationships. 
because there might be physical abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, but at least, you know, you know what to expect, which abuse you're getting. Yeah. In, in some sick, twisted way, you actually feel safe because you know what to expect. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. I got goosebumps. <laughs> so if you're watching or listening and you find yourself in an abusive relationship, just remember that you deserve better. And once you allow yourself to embrace the uncertainty of the possibility of actually getting treated like a king or a queen, that will free you from the attachment of yeah. the certain conditions that you've grown accustomed to. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Anyways, um, I do want to wrap this up because I want to get food with you and I want to also um, give you the opportunity to kind of like close this space and ceremony on your terms. So rather than asking you any like final questions, I guess I would kind of be curious to hear maybe right now, like what's something that you are super excited about. Um, in addition to that, what is maybe one message that you'd like to leave the world with? If there's just one. Just because I have to hear it too, I would share to take the leap of faith. And we have several filters of the mind going back to my yogic teachings. The first filter is going to be the negative filter. And this is also known as the protective filter. This protective filter is going to keep you alive. If there's a bear, you already know you got to run and stuff, or they say you should freeze but you know, that's dangerous. So the negative mind can hinder you because if you are taking a leap into the unknown, the negative mind is going to tell you you're not ready for it, or it's going to have that protective mind energy of trying to keep you safe. Then we have the filter of the positive mind to tap into. The positive mind is beneficial because it's going to assess the opportunities of this decision, of this challenge or whatever it may be. And then we have finally the third filter, which is a neutral mind. The neutral mind is assessing the negative and the positive and making an informed decision of both for the sake of your benefit and your soul and your purpose, this path. So taking the leap of faith is something that is beautiful and it's scary because we spoke about the unknown and how scary it is to, you know, open your own business or leave that relationship, how scary it is to get out of the comfort zone. Because again, we are creatures of habit. So when change happens, a lot of people tend to suffer because we're not ready to leave that. We're not let ready to let them go. We're not ready to experience that loss and so forth. And it hurts us. But remembering that we have filters of the mind, that we have tools to help us through these moments and being able to assess the situation from all angles as much as you could is beneficial and can help you make the right and informed decision. But besides that, I'm excited for... Wait, before you get... Yeah. Before, just to clarify, so there's the negative mind, 
which is also designed to keep you safe. Yes. Right? Yeah. There's the positive mind, which is encouraging you to lean in and take action. Yes. Because something good's going to happen. Totally. Right? And then there's the neutral mind, which kind of weighs mm-hmm. both consequences. Mm-hmm. So is there one... Is the neutral mind, like, I guess the goal of where we should be? Or is it kind of finding that healthy balance? It's finding the healthy balance. It's known as like the yogic mindset. Okay. So finding the healthy balance and you will feel and know that healthy balance. It's the mind of like, you know, you give advice and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? That was so good. That's like the higher mind. That's like yourself speaking through there. And, um, it's almost, some people call it God speaking to you or, you know, I feel like most people have, the majority of people have heard of that voice. You know what I'm talking about? For sure. Okay, cool. Where you're channeling. Yeah. Where you're channeling. Yes. It's like straight from source. Yes, exactly. I know it very well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And it kind of makes me think about, it kind of makes me think about, you know, our brain is essentially a prediction machine. Our brain is essentially this prediction machine that is trying to keep us safe. So anytime that it senses danger, it's telling us, our nervous system, no, don't do that. Run away, right? Be safe, be comfortable. And that's why things like Mm -hmm. an ice bath or even a cold shower Mm -hmm. are so beneficial, right? Because we're leaning into that. Mm -hmm. We're leaning into that fear. Because we know deep inside our soul, this thing's going to make me stronger. This thing's going to help me push through some of those limiting beliefs that are holding me back. A hundred percent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Okay. What are you most excited about? I'm excited for the future of Space Unknown. I'm excited for the future of workshops, events, and retreats. I have an upcoming retreat, September, Labor Day weekend, and it's literally almost sold out. But besides that, next year, I'm keeping the doors open. I have um, thoughts of going back to Dominican Republic, but also doing something possibly in Arizona, the desert, the vortex. So yeah, just staying tuned, in tune as well, and going with the flow. Again, I think that's like my thing right now, tapping into that feminine energy, tapping into the element of water, finding that stillness, but also fluidity. I love that. And I can genuinely say that going on your retreat was transformational. And I don't say that lightly because I've been on a lot of retreats. Most of them, many of them have involved medicine. This one didn't involve any plant medicine, but it involved a lot of other types of medicine movement, Reiki, essential oils, Mm -hmm. amazing, incredible food, and just being on the beach Mm -hmm. in Mexico with great people. Nature, people, community. Maybe that's it. Like a way to find community is going on a retreat or taking a workshop or a class and, you know. If you're listening to this right now, because this goes live on July 28th, next Friday, for when we're recording, go check out Naya's profile uh, to see if there's a couple spots because this is a great opportunity for you to take that leap of faith, to get uncomfortable and experience some of that transformation. So Naya, where can we connect with you? Where can we dive deeper? And um, if there's anything else we can support you with, let us know. 
Thank you so much. You can stay connected with me on my website, nayarapaport.com, and it stays up to date. It has every information that you may be interested in learning more about. And I want to thank you so much, Coach. You are awesome, and it has been a true pleasure. I've shared things that I haven't shared openly before here, and it has been a true treat to mm. have a one-on-one -on -one and vulnerable conversation with you throughout this time. I received that. Thank you. I can definitely say the same. Thank this was you. very healing for me. And um, I'm really grateful to have you as a friend. Yes. Oh. And I'm excited to continue expanding, elevating. And yeah, thank you for such a fire conversation. I think we went for like an hour and a half. Now we're about to go eat some nourishing food and Thank you so much for listening until the end, everybody. We appreciate you. Definitely go hit up Naya. I promise you your life, every single aspect will improve. If you have the opportunity to come to Del Rey, check out Space Unknown. They're having events every single week and it's going to allow you to really connect with some incredible growth-oriented, like-minded humans. And that's what you deserve. Much love, fam. See you next time. Peace.